G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Uh, Talking more politics over this next hour and it will be more specifically targeted at those listeners who are listening in in Queensland. And every time we have a state or territory election, I do like to take uh, some time just to hone in on those election issues depending on which state is going to the polls. Well, there is a significant election season that's happening right now. This Saturday, the ACT is off to the polls, and uh, coincidentally, so is New Zealand. And we haven't talked much about the New Zealand politics. You'll have to have relied on our news service to catch up with detail about New Zealand. But we're only two weeks out from the Queensland state election, and then, of course, on the 3rd of November, the US presidential election. So it truly is an election season. And when you look at the news headlines, most often it's the US presidential election that seems to override everything else that's happening. And, uh, of course, their issues seem to be so much more juicy and interesting to look at than what's happening here on a local level, even in our state elections. Well, our focus today is going to be primarily on the upcoming Queensland election. Christians who know their biblical foundations are becoming a significant force, voting for parties that best align with their Christian values. Now, it's considered the most important pro-life election ever in Queensland. As you know, in the state of Queensland, abortion is allowed right up until birth. And the issue of euthanasia is on the agenda if the current incumbent Labor government maintains power. And there appears to be a real contrast between the major parties on a host of important moral and ethical policy positions. Whichever party ends up holding power, they'll ultimately decide not only economic direction, but the important matters of family, faith and freedom in the coming years. Another opportunity today to get informed about the issues that are in play so that according to a Christian conscience, you won't go to the ballot box uninformed. Our special guest through this coming hour, Wendy Francis, is the Queensland State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. She also leads the Centre for Human Dignity. Wendy Francis, special welcome along to 2020. Always good to be, always really great to be with you, Neil. Thank you. Wendy, when we talk about the upcoming Queensland state election, let's talk here, get your impressions about just how important it is for Queenslanders that you've got an election here, you've had an incumbent Premier uh, held the last two uh, election cycles. Uh, How important is this one? Okay, so it's not often that I correct you, Neil, but I am going to because I think that this is not just the most important Queensland election. I actually see it as a really important election for our entire nation and I say that because this is the first time in our nation's history where we have the opportunity to vote for uh, in in an election and vote for a party that we know post-election there will be a movement 
to redeem some of the incredibly bad abortion laws that we have around our nation. So we're talking New South Wales, Victoria, you know, we're particularly focusing obviously on Queensland. But if Queensland can can have a pro-life a government that is prepared to actually look at our abortion laws and remove some of the incredibly um, horrendous laws that we have, then this will be this will be an impact for our entire nation. So I. I agree with you, but I'm going to push it further and say this is the most important election we've ever had around the country. So everyone needs to take notice. Well, of course, that does embrace every listener who's tuned into our conversation today. And when we're talking about one state, you might assume that other states might say, oh, this is not so important for me to listen to. But thank you for that very important uh, way that we can clarify just how important this is, because people all around Australia will be looking in, uh, looking into the fishbowl of what's happening in the state of Queensland and uh, let's just uh, clarify this early in our conversation Mm -hmm. uh, because oftentimes when we as Christians try to be uh, non-partisan, not preferring one side or another, what we do have is a clear-cut distinction here. There is a contrast between what the Labor government will carry through if they win the election and now there is a, a different style of leadership that is being promised and it has a focus on rolling back some of the dreadful things that we've seen come into force in Queensland. Give us some insight here. It really does and you know you've mentioned that I'm from the Australian Christian Lobby. I certainly know from your point of view as well we are not party people. I am not a member of a party and I am not promoting a particular party but I will do everything I can to promote the good policies of particular parties and if Around the nation, there might be uh, people thinking, well, there's nothing I can do. I don't live in Queensland. I would urge people of prayer to pray because what we've seen now is that our opposition leader, Deb Frecklington of the LNP, has made a strong commitment publicly that she will, post-election, if they are in power, she will review. Now, we need to hold her to this because this is not like, I'm not saying the LNP is perfect either because she has promised to review. Um, So she will review the abortion laws and she's made particular reference to the gestational limits, which, as you rightly said, at the moment allow abortion, legalised abortion to birth for any reason. Um, And so she's going to look at that. But she also really wants to look at introducing mandatory counselling. And one of the reasons why she wants to do that is because she has a strong focus on domestic violence and she can see uh, what everyone can see is that there is a, a strong element of coercion that happens when it comes to abortion. And so she wants to bring in this counselling so that we can identify and stop any any sort of coercion happening. Interesting you say uh, everyone can see because not everyone can see because mm-hmm. oftentimes these sorts of issues around coercion and uh, the other detrimental impacts that come around why abortion is allowed right now, uh, these things are not being promoted. There's a media that doesn't want to talk about these sorts of things. There's a media that's on side with a progressive agenda, and so it's very challenging. So for listeners, when you're listening to our conversation today, you're hearing about these things. These things are not being talked about everywhere, Wendy. And how strange is that when we're so adamant that we want to stamp out domestic violence and yet we're having, we're having stories that leak through. But as you say, then that many times they're actually tried to shut down. We've had very high profile, uh, football girlfriends being paid money 
to actually shut up about their abortions that they have felt coerced into having. So this has been really big business. And what we know is that it's not only just boyfriends and partners, husbands even, wanting and pressuring a woman to have an abortion, an embarrassed husband of someone else who has had an affair and doesn't want this baby born. That's very prevalent. But what we also know is that it's parents, it's, it's educational facilities, it's doctors. There is an awful lot of pressure on young women in a very vulnerable stage of their life, just found out they're pregnant, it's not something that they were wanting or expecting, and all of a sudden there's all this pressure that comes. And so what the LNP have said is we want to make sure there is no pressure on a woman to actually go through with an abortion if it is not what she wants because they see that as being part of a DV sort of situation. It's often framed uh, when you get partisan about these things, uh, women's reproductive rights, a nice way of disguising what is a brutal act of uh, dismembering, of killing a baby within the womb. Uh, there's a challenging situation here that's not hard when anyone understands what truly does happen. Uh, when you think of abortion up to birth, uh, it's not hard to actually win a new friend when you explain what's going on here. But there's a cover-up that goes on that doesn't want people to know the facts that is a brutal killing of a child within the mother's womb when there is an abortion. And that is particularly when it comes to late-term abortions. But all abortions are killing a child. But what we're seeing here in Queensland is that late-term abortions are increasing and we know from parliamentary reports, that you know, one of our very pro-life members in Parliament is Mark Robinson and he's in the electorate of Ujuru and he's just been fighting this battle for like a decade, him and his wife, so all honour to Mark and Julie. But they, he asked the question in Parliament, how many abortions have we had in a, in a 30-week period it was? It was just over six months. And what we've discovered that there was, out of all the late-term abortions and all of the abortions that were happening, 19 babies were born alive in that 30-week period. And two of those were late-term abortions that would have been absolutely viable babies. So we're talking something that's really horrendous here, Neil. And can I say that, obviously, we're very concerned about the baby, Those, particularly those late-term abortions, anything from 16 weeks on, the baby feels pain. There is no pain um pain relief given to a baby when they're having an abortion and that we know that baby feels pain that is just absolutely barbaric but to give pain relief to a a baby in the womb you are acknowledging the humanity of that baby and it's somehow just unpalatable to do but you know we we know that this is a a baby in the womb. We see their pictures on Facebook, for goodness sake. You know, the first, when, when you know, Prince Harry and, and Meghan were having their baby, it was all across the news. We're having a baby. You know, we're not, we're not having a fetus. We're having a baby. When a baby is wanted, they're celebrated at the same, in the same hospital, in a side-by-side room. You can have one baby of the same gestation being born and allowed to die uh, with no medical care, no attention, in the in a room, the, the the room right beside, we can have a baby the same gestation given every medical care because that baby is wanted and cared for and loved. Every baby should be loved and welcomed. 
Well, when we talk track record, I remember when these laws were being debated in Queensland and Queensland was seemingly following the leader from Victoria and I think the ACT had already passed uh, similar sorts of laws, uh, abortion right up to birth, and Queensland was just following suit here. But I recall there was credible research that was done that said that Queenslanders did not support abortion up to birth and yet that was just railroaded through the parliament and forced upon Queenslanders. Here you have a uh, an opposition uh, government, uh, Deb Frecklington, uh, who's vying to be the new Premier, uh, who is now, as you say, promising a review of those laws. Now, given what's happening internationally, uh, that's got real credibility. It really has. And can I say um, that... Leaders of political parties are quite pragmatic. Uh, they need to be Christians. We don't actually act on a pragmatic way because we don't think we don't go into something just wanting the end. We believe that the means are important as well. Political parties tend to be pragmatic, and if Deb Frecklington or if the Catter Party or if One Nation, who have all come out with very pro-life statements, if they felt that there were absolutely no votes in this, Neil, I'm not sure it would be an election issue. But it is an election issue because the LNP and One Nation particularly have made it that. Now, can I say that you're absolutely right. When the research was done and it was a secular polling, it was well over 70%. I think it was either 73 or 78. I've got that figure um, not quite sure in my mind. But it was well over 70% of Queenslanders said that they did not approve of late-term abortions. And so, yes, there is political support for these decisions. And you have published the differences of what the parties who are standing for election in the two weeks away Queensland state election, uh, you've got the positions from the LNP, from the Greens, from the ALP, from Catter's party and from One Nation, and you've put them side by side so you can see at a glance who agrees with what? So, and while we're mainly talking about uh, the two big parties, uh, the Labor Party, the LNP, of course there are these minor parties, yep. and of course uh, it's not even a foregone conclusion there might not be a hung parliament. So mm-hmm. there could be all sorts of issues and outcomes with the Queensland election, but you've got a clear a diagram that people can easily look at when they go to the ACL website. Yes, we have. So it's uh, it's on queenslandvotes.org.au. So it's qldvotes.org.au and there is a very clear link on the homepage to actually see this. Then you can print it out, share it around because it's important that we know who we're voting for and it's important that we know what standard of policies we are actually supporting when we vote and I say that because you know we most of your listeners would know what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer and in that prayer you know Jesus tells his disciples to pray your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven and so we have to align ourselves to the values of the kingdom so it's important to look at the values of the party that we're voting for because we want to vote for people who are aligning themselves to those values of the kingdom most closely. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. 
Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation today, uh, be part of what's happening. We're talking primarily about the Queensland state election, but as Wendy Francis rightly says, every Australian should be interested in what's happening because uh, for a very rare opportunity, there is an opposition party that is promising a review of a lot of the dreadful legislation that has gone through, and especially around this issue of abortion. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take a call. Rabinia is on the line from WA. Hello, Rabinia. Welcome. Good morning. Um, I'm very concerned about the children. She hasn't mentioned anything about the little kids, a five-year-old, first year at school, being encouraged I can be, a little boy can become a little girl or a little girl can become a boy. And if the parent intervenes, they'll be in jail for 12 months. Well, I mean, you haven't mentioned anything about that. Yeah, so can I just say we're getting to that uh, because that's definitely on our list. So I've got a list here of things that we're going to talk about, but it's really good for you to bring it up. Thank you so much because that'll give us a a good segue into discussing that. What you're saying is is one of the one of my my biggest concerns, I guess. I'm a mother, but I'm also a grandmother, and for our children to be confused in this way is diabolical. So we are really working hard on that, and I can share with our listeners um, when Neil and I discuss this more about where the government is going on this as well. Thank you very much for raising it, Rabinia. You're calling from WA. Uh, I'm not sh- down, down the southwest. Yes, and uh, and I imagine that uh, with your Labor government in power in WA, that there's likely to be some similar alignments. So I want to thank you for calling through because uh, there'll be interesting issues that will cross over between Queensland and WA, and of course there is a West Australian election that's due next year. Rabinia, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Another WA caller, let's hear from Phil. Hi, Phil. Welcome along. Hey, Neil. How are you going? Very well, Phil. What are your thoughts? Hey. Um, just on the question that you asked, I think the question is actually wrong. Um, we're not here to vote for a, a party or a policy. I think we've forgotten in our democracy we're here to vote for a representative, to represent our views. And as a Christian um, group, we are probably the biggest group in Australia that meets regularly, and if we had people in power that we voted in who would represent us and our views, um, a lot of this stuff would be a side issue. Uh, so I, at the moment I, it seems like they've yeah. forgotten that. No, look, I agree and I disagree. Um, I agree with you that our representatives are really important, and what we want to see is we want to see good representatives in every party. The, the reason why I, I also disagree, and I think it's a really interesting discussion, we could, we, you and I could probably talk about this for a long time because it's a really important question. The reason why I'm also worried is that we have party policies that are coming out now that do not allow their representatives to actually cross the floor on these issues because they are set in stone. So what we have in Queensland, and it might be different in other states, but we have that the, the party policy on abortion for Labor is clear So if you are a member of the ALP, if you are a member of the Greens, your party policy is clear. And basically, if you vote against that party, that party policy and cross the floor, you're virtually out of the party. So we are talking, yes, we need really strong and brave representatives in every party. But we also, I believe, need to point out some of the 
unmovable party policies at the moment in this election, if, if that makes sense. But I'm very happy for you to disagree with me as well. Yep. And no, Phil, you know, right. I think when it comes to the fact that we vote for a representative, we do want to make sure that we've got a personal connection to that representative because as a number of commentators have said on this program, when you personally contact your representative in the lead up to an election, which is a time when their ears are open, uh, then this is a time to help to shape the way that they will think about how their community feels. So that feeds back through into the party machine. But Phil from WA, thank you so much yes, for your thank call. You. Uh, great call. No uh, Wendy, let's let's let me just touch on something. Uh, just uh, a few minutes out from the news, uh, people would say, "How bad can this get?" Uh, people m- would say, uh, "You know, this is a moral environment that we're talking about." Uh, there is something significant, though, that has been announced, which will be absolutely shocking to some listeners. And some people might have read some reports about this. And I know you've touched on this in one of your more recent blogs. But in the state of Queensland, there is now planned, on the eve of the election, a black mass uh, from a satanic group that would go under the, uh, under the banner of religious freedom. And so cautious even how we even talk about this. But of mm. course, as Christians, we would recognize that there is a spiritual dimension here and that there is a satanic black mass that's planned in Queensland. And it's a public black mass. People can buy a ticket to go to it. What are your thoughts on this? Yes, and it is. Um, the tickets are all gone. It's a relatively small event because of COVID. Uh, so, And the tickets are at the moment maxed out, um, which is concerning in and of itself. But I think it's really significant that there's a black mass happening on the eve of our election because I do really believe, Neil, that this election is a a turning point as far as pro-life policies go. And when we look at the satanic network across Australia, and there is one, um, and this, this black mass is part of that, it's joined with that satanic network, then one of their key um, platforms is abortion. They celebrate it as part of their ritual. Um, That's really frightening and very dark. Uh, But if you go to their website, and I don't actually advise it, but I've done the research because what we're doing is God God is amazing because, you know, we, we heard about this black mass and the churches in the um, in the area have just come together in an in a great um, act of unity and they're holding prayer meetings right across um, the Sunshine Coast uh, and at the same time. So it's at the same time as the black mass will be happening, there will be hundreds of, if not thousands, of Christians gathering together in person to pray. Interestingly, because while in the state of Queensland, most people these days can get together in their local church and they can gather together for free worship. They can pray. They can recognize that there's a spiritual battle going on. As you say, Wendy, there may be a silver lining to this black cloud in that when Christians hear that there is a public black mass that's planned, it does draw into perspective the idea that there is a spiritual battle and that we are called to be ones who can be a little militant when it comes to these these issues that we're talking about. And as you say, abortion right there again at the centre of that. Absolutely. And I think that uh, it's it's a warning for Christians because in one way it can be very confronting 
and and also like I think that dark satanic sort of world is it is rightfully almost frightening but at the same time Christians have absolutely nothing to be afraid of because God is the one who is the victor so it's almost like yep this is warfare yes it's very obvious when we have a black mass so yes everybody put on that armor of God and gather together and pray because we already know who the victor is in this and it's just been uh, like the the Churches on the Sunshine Coast are already fabulous, but it's just been an amazing, wow, okay, action, to the action stations, everybody, like Nehemiah blowing the trumpet and saying, everybody, get to where the trumpet is blown. It's almost as if, you know, this has been some uh, uh, an impetus to blow that trumpet and everybody's coming together. We've got a we've got a, a RSVP page actually on the ACL page for the main prayer meeting because we need to make sure we don't have too many. But there will be other prayer meetings as well happening on the night. Some people will think of a public black mass as some form of entertainment, and uh, interestingly here, and we're talking about this in a discussion about the politics in the lead up to an election because it's happening on the eve of the state election in. Queensland. This is more than entertainment. This is a public political uh, statement that's being made from people who want to reject Christianity and bring their worship into the public that they've had to perhaps keep silent and hidden, but they're bringing that into the public sphere and saying, we openly worship the devil. That's concerning, isn't it? It is concerning, and they've made it very clear that this is a political statement. So they've made no no attempt to hide that. They believe that it's a political statement for abortion and for euthanasia, but also on religious freedom. So they have made a submission about religious freedom, and they are claiming their religious freedom to actually hold this mass, but also in future when there's religious freedom to do uh, more and more terrible things. So they don't... They don't hide the fact that this is a very political statement that they're making. Um, but, yeah, God is bigger than that. Uh, Wendy, let, let me just get your thoughts uh, for a few thoughts that listeners are saying here. Lauren says both, because as people change in parties, so do policies. Wayne says, the uh, according to that question, how do you tell the difference, especially when neither tells the truth about what happens? And Diane says it should never be about a person singular, but always about what they stand for. Uh, Your thoughts for listeners? They're all really good comments. I like what Lauren says because it is both. And you can't can't actually distinguish, I think, the party from the policies. That's the the policies are really important for when, you know, a party comes out and and does that. But what what she's intimating is so true in that, parties change. I mean, the the Labor Party, the original concepts of the Labor Party were for the working class person. They were about um, caring for people who who needed the most vulnerable. But we've seen a huge shift. So we all know the leadership really makes a difference in any any organisation. And that's no different for a party. And so we, we want good people to be in all the parties. This election is very obvious where the party's policies are lying. So I, th- I think Lauren's comment is really good. But, you know, there's also that cynicism that comes through from, I think it's Wayne that you said, and, you know, how do we trust uh, parties? And there is that sense of, you know what, we feel really let down because you've said one thing and you've done the other. Can I really twist that around to say, if the LNP do win in this election, 
the commitment for them to make it to have a review, we cannot just let it be at that. Like it's all very easy to say we'll have a review and do nothing. We've got to hold them to what they are committing to do and they are they have made some pretty big commitments. And so it's up to us as the people who vote to make sure that our parties do follow through and don't just sell us a, a big fudgy lie but actually do what they say they're going to do. So integrity is important and as a Christian you want to hold the parties to a position of integrity of doing what they say they will do. So if they promise to have a review then they need to be held to that. And interestingly too, just before we take some calls, there's more calls coming through. Uh, this idea of the fact that we are Christians, well, uh, when we're Christians, we're actually, you know, we're uh, quite transparent. Uh, people can see what we stand for because we don't stand for our own uh, sort of, uh, you know, variable set of value values because we're standing for biblical values. So that's what we're arguing about. So uh, we want to see integrity and we want to be as uh, transparent people able to say this is what we stand for. And so therefore if parties, and we're talking being critical of the Labor Party today, but if the Labor Party changed its position and, and adopted these timeless Christian truths, these understandings that we would say are biblical foundations that have built Western culture to be strong, if they adopted those, we'd be championing the oh, Labor Party. absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Judith in Brisbane. Hello, Judith. Welcome. Hi, Neil. Thank you very much for taking your stand and to the ACL and Wendy. And also, I was not aware of that Black Sabbath thing scary by the sound of it, but God is in control and I guess it's up to us Christians to pray, isn't it, and also to do what we can do. Yes, uh, that's uh, sometimes we think that's the least we can do, but actually that may be the most important thing we can do. Yes, and uh, exactly. yes, those sorts of issues bring to light the fact that our Christian faith is not something that ought to be hidden under a bushel, but to be held up loud and proud, because if we don't, these all, all sorts of other uh, strange things uh, can come in and uh, fill the void that we're leaving. So, uh, yes, good thought there, Judith. I already agree. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Wendy. Thank, thank you, you, Judith. Neil. Thanks for calling in. Judith, thank you so thank much for you your much. call. Let's take another one. Jan is in Brisbane. Hello, Jan. Welcome. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Neil. I'm a grandma and a mother. Of course, I'm a mother first and then a grandmother. Yeah. Um, I'm very concerned about the abortion issues as well as the end-of-life issues. <clears throat> I'm in a strong Labor electorate, actually, in the Premier's electorate. Um, so we often know what the result will be, but I don't think that stops us voting the way we know is right. And from my point of view, um, I think that as Christians, sometimes we've got to be prepared to perhaps uh, suffer a little bit. I mean, if we uh, say, say a certain party, like the Labor Party, is promising a lot of things that would be good, from my point of view, I would say, well, it's more important to me to to stand up for what I believe is right as a Christian and perhaps we we have to take the rap for that. I agree. You know, we, we hear a lot about um, the, our government at the moment keeping us safe, but they're not keeping safe the thousands of young babies who are aborted. So where, where do our priorities lie? I totally agree with you, Jan. And I think uh, I also agree with you that we may have to go through a hard time we don't i don't believe that as a state we actually deserve god's grace in this election because we have turned our back on god in in many different ways 
but it doesn't stop me from pleading with the Lord to be gracious to us and to give us a government that will uphold values that align to the kingdom uh, for for my sake, for my children's sake, for my grandchildren's sake, but above all that, actually for the glory of God because he says in his word that it's righteousness that upholds a nation. So we, we yeah, we want... We pray and we do everything we can uh, and then we just trust. But I'm really grateful to you for calling in and for your encouragement. Jan, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Before we move on, Jan did also mention that she's interested in end-of-life issues. Mm. And if we're talking about keeping people safe, this is another one that is fraught with all sorts of things that can go so dreadfully wrong, Wendy. Absolutely. And so the ALP have made it very clear that they want to adopt a euthanasia legislation as soon as they um, can if they get re-elected. They've made that very clear. They're supported in that by the Greens very strongly. And then on the other hand, we have the uh, more conservative party, the LNP, who are saying... What we want to do is we want to make sure that the palliative care system is available to every Queenslander. And so we're talking out in, in rural areas, it is they do not have quality palliative care. And so the LNP is saying, let's fix the palliative care system first before we even start the conversation. We've had forums, as you know, and at the forums, the LNP candidates have been saying, we do not see any reason why we need to change the current laws on voluntary assisted dying. Okay, taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Trevor in Chinchilla in Queensland. Hi, Trevor. Welcome. Welcome. How are you this morning? Very well, Trevor. What are your thoughts for our conversation? I'd just like to add slightly to what Wendy said. She she spoke very well this morning. I'm happy that she's covered the points that she has. Um, it's more around looking at the candidates themselves, each individual candidate, and not on a party basis. Because what we found in our research is that with a lot of these parties, they're combined pro-life and pro-choice. So even in the LNP, we found that some of the candidates are not necessarily pro-life. So you'll have electorate. You need to be looking at each individual candidate in that electorate. So from a Christian point of view, we need to vote pro-life. Absolutely We need to agree. talk to our candidates. Yep. And we need to vote pro-life, and that goes across the board for euthanasia as well. What we do at the moment is we're fighting the abortion issue solely, but across all of the issues, every Christian needs to stand up now, and they need to look at their candidates and vote pro-life and make that decision based on that, not based on the party. They do, uh, because you would be, you're obviously aware of, of what's happened, but in the 2018 Termination of Pregnancy Bill, we had two LNP members who voted for the bill, and so that was very disappointing. Uh, mind you, all of the other LNP members opposed it, so that was uh, encouraging, but very disappointing. So you can't just assume, oh, okay, they're part of LNP, they're going to be pro-life. We need to actually ask the question. It is one of the reasons why I encourage people to be part of the party processes, whichever party it is, because people, individual people, have a say in who their candidate is. And so we need to be asking the, the hard questions of our candidates. Thank you very much for that. Trevor from Chinchilla, thank you so much for your call. And before we move on, let's just talk about this party process for a few moments because, uh, as I've said a number of times, anecdotally, 
There's a flood of Christian believers who are not just voting but joining their favourite political party. And as I've been encouraging people now for years, and this is something that you might have some more evidence to offer here, but this seems to be happening, Wendy. People who are of a Christian faith who are ready to roll up their sleeves and get into what for some might you know might be a grubby process even uh, the way you actually come up with the uh, policy platforms but Christians ready to actually get in there and make sure that values are not overlooked when these policies are being formed what are your thoughts for people joining parties and being involved in that process you're talking about and we are seeing this Neil I think you're absolutely right we're seeing Christians all of a sudden uh, like opening their eyes to the fact that the kingdom of God is not just about our little group that meets on a Sunday and does good works during the, the week. The kingdom of God that God is wanting to bring and bring his values here on earth is a much broader picture. And we cannot escape from the fact that the decisions made in George Street in Brisbane in Parliament House actually are decisions for good or evil. And so... Of course, Christians need to be in in that process. And so Christians should join their parties. You know, I I applaud people who join the Labor Party, for instance, to try and influence there. Uh, It's very hard at the moment because the people at the top are bringing down some pretty awful stuff. But, you know, join the LNP, have your say, join the ALP, be part of the process that gets good people who know right from wrong into those positions of power so that when the decisions have to come to choose between good or evil, we have people who know what it is, know what truth is. We know that it's it's not just subjective, your truth and my truth can all live happily after ever, ever after. No, there is a truth and we need people who understand what truth is. Now let's take a call. Rachel is in Brisbane. Rachel, I have a little note here that you are in fact a Labor candidate. Uh, give us your insight here into what you wanted to share. Oh, no, I'm not a Labor candidate. Sorry, okay, there's been sorry. a miscommunication okay, there. there's Goodness been a, Okay, all right, okay. No, all right, I'll take that back. Okay, the, the note was wrong. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Look, um, I, I actually am in a heavily weighted um, Labor seat um, in my electorate as a constituent here. And the issues that I've found is a lot of people talk about the party, you know, and the, the initial candidate. Look, look, a candidate can come out and, and have all these policies and these um, initiatives and this, you know, eagerness. Um, but I've seen in our, our electorate, you know, a candidate who is in Labor who is literally just, you know, no matter what that candidate's wanted to do, it's she's now following the, the policies of, of her party. Mm. And I think that's the danger is when someone says, oh, but this Labor person's really lovely or they seem very active in the community. I don't actually want to see my candidate out there all the time handing out sports awards. I want to see them in making policy change. I want to see them, you know, going and consulting with the attorney generals or with, you know, the magistrates to get the application of legislation so that we don't have all this crime in our in our community. Yeah. Um, I've I've been talking to um, the you know some people in the Liberal Party and some MPs who've actually done so much work and made me aware that. You know, we had seven months of, of, of a youth, a 17-year-old, causing absolute hell for our community. And the reason the police said we just can't put him behind bars is because of, of the Labor's legislation. Mm. And there was, you know, that that's the issue we've got, is when you're affected by crime or when you're affected by something in your community, you actually see the shortfalls of, of Labor's policies. Mm. And, uh, and you know, I used to vote for Labor many, many years ago, and I've consulted the government at all levels, and I see the shortcomings. And there is no way that I'm a Labor supporter. Absolutely liberal getting my vote. <laughs> okay, I Rachel, have, thank yeah. you. I have run um, forums, Rachel, where I've had uh, 
particularly ALP candidates, profess to be uh, pro-life in front of a Christian audience and then I've seen that same candidate celebrate as they pass the 2018 legislation which allows abortion to birth. So I, I think it is um, sad but true that once you get into a party machine, those the party platforms are really important and that's why it's, it is really important to look at your individual candidates but the party platforms are really, really important as well. And so that's why we're making a big distinction in this election because the party platforms are so very different. Rachel, thank you so much for your call. Very insightful in uh, comments that you made there. Let's take another call. Mason is in Sydney. Hello, Mason. Welcome. Hi. Mason. I was just wondering. I was just wondering what your opinions on how um, politicians can improve the the quality of prison reforms, especially in regards to inmate rehabilitation, prison chaplains and so forth? I think it's a really important question too. What I would say is that governments actually can't be responsible for every bit of social work. And I've seen this over many years that sometimes we expect our governments to to be the ones who, who introduce policies to help every single different person in a different situation. But there are amazing prison ministries and what I call on our government to do is to actually support the NGOs, the people who are in those places of supporting people in prison or as they come out of prison because the government is not the, they're not the soft, cuddly, um, you know, squeezy sort of people. The people who really care are individual people who feel called usually by God to actually minister in that area. So what we need to do is really uh, ask our government to financially support the people who are in those ministries. But I, I take your point. I think there are many very vulnerable people who are, and particularly our Indigenous people in Australia, who are um, their lives are affected for the for the entire entirety of their lives by a time behind bars and we don't want that to be the case because Christians are all about redemption and so we believe in redemption so thank you for your call Mason thank you so much for your call our talkback line well let's put a a line under calls now we won't take any further calls because uh, we've only got a few minutes left in our conversation I do want to talk to you Wendy about uh, meet the candidate forums because you've been involved in a couple already Mm -hmm. there's some more in the lead up to the Queensland state election in fact there's one on tonight at Champions Church in the Redlands and the listeners will be able to catch that live stream so wherever you are throughout the state of Queensland uh, you can t- you can uh, catch something from the candidates that will be standing in that electorate yes. but uh, but these meet the candidate forums are so important Wendy give us some insights into what you've gleaned so far they really are important because what we find is that not only is the candidate speaking from their their own personal opinion and we do ask very very deep questions of the candidates but they also give us the party platforms and so we can hear a very big difference between the party platforms from the candidates sitting on stage the other thing that's important is that we have a good response to our candidate forums so that the candidates themselves see okay this is a constituency that's really interested in what happens in their electorate because we need our politicians to know that the Christian vote is important 
and that the Christians really, really matter. And so, yes, tonight we've got Kapalabar and Redlands in the Champions Church at Thornlands, and and it is a, a very key seat, uh, and we will be hearing from the candidates tonight. The live stream happens just on Wendy Francis' um, public page. There's a public page, Wendy Francis, and I would encourage people all around the state to watch because, as I say, it's not just about the Redlands and the Kapalabar candidates themselves. It's actually about party policy and you will learn things tonight about party policy and you will be on a plane because you can in Queensland and mm-hmm. you can traverse lots of kilometres you're going to be flying up to North Queensland and you're going to do one of these uh, meet the candidate forums in Cairns so for Cairns Mulgrave and Barron River uh, when's that happening Wendy? That's next Wednesday night and that's at the Cairns Baptist Church and that one's a 6pm start. Tonight is a 7pm start for people watching online or being there in person. Cairns is a 6pm start and again we have a really good turn up of candidates and I would encourage people to either attend if you possibly can in the area. I'd love to see you up there and or watch online. Affirming just how important the upcoming Queensland state election is and as Wendy Francis mentioned early on in our conversation, the issues that are in play Uh, where governments have legislated so many anti-Christian positions in their policies. Here is a Australian election that is in one state where there is an opposition party that is promising to review so many of those platforms. Just uh, perhaps we might just uh, touch on uh, some of the issues that are in play and that Christians are interested in because we talked about abortion. We've touched on euthanasia. We did touch briefly on the idea of gender-fluid ideology being taught in schools. Yeah. That's widespread all over Australia and uh, certainly mm-hmm. in the state of Queensland too uh, with the endorsement, so the imprimatur of the Labor government. Uh, issues like prostitution legislation, uh, religious instruction in schools, chaplaincy in schools, uh, drug use, uh, those sorts of issues there. We can't tackle all of them, but which one of those stands out for a comment from you here, Wendy? Well, briefly, can I just talk about the gender fluid ideology? Because the ALP, again, they made that compulsory in all state schools in Queensland. And so the LNP have said that they will scrap a gender ideology. And a number of the parties, but all the LNP but some of the other minor parties but also a number of independents are saying let's get back to basics we're not actually doing well in our education our kids are not achieving well and that's just a terrible shame that we've got to turn around when you look at the uh, the drug policy of the, the Greens what we're finding is that they want to legalise marijuana for recreational use that's one of their platforms I just I, I have a doctor son and to talk to him about that, he just shakes his head because of the incredible uh, damaging effect that marijuana has on particularly young people's brains when we talk about the result of schizophrenia and things like that. But So the Greens are a dangerous party. I'm surprised how many Christians think it's all just about the environment. It is not. There's, their social policies are very, very worrying. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues there that I've brought to people's attention. There's also the Australian Christian Values Checklist that Warwick Marsh has put out for um, the, you know, so if, if what what's he called? I'm sorry, Canberra Declaration. Canberra oh, I Declaration. really lost it from yep. it. Uh, Warwick yeah. wears a number of hats. Warwick but does, is, but Canberra Declaration, they've put out a checklist as well, which sometimes looks a little bit different to ours, I'd have to say. But I've talked to Warwick and we don't disagree on anything. It's very hard to sometimes 
mark these parties, if you if that makes sense. And you know, with these checklists that are coming out from various organisations, uh, there is an opportunity for listeners to get a hold of what the different Christian organisations are producing, compare those, yeah. and you will see some minor differences along the way. And you know, and so when you've got a green tick in one box or a uh, a red box with a question mark, you might like to be able to see those things and and uh, and compare what those Christian organisations are saying. So some of those are based on survey information, others are based on research information into party platforms, but all of them are going to be very valuable and at a glance on a single page you'll be able to see up to 20 issues being uh, being highlighted and where the major parties, in fact where all of the parties stand on those. Uh, so take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, you can find that uh, Australian Christian Values Checklist, just simply Google it you'll find it. Uh, You can also go to the website that has been specially set up by the Australian Christian Lobby. This is the one we've been talking a little about today. Wendy, you've been contributing there. You, in fact, have a blog on it. Yep. Uh, QLDvotes.org.au. So at a a glance, uh, you'll be able to see where the parties stand and you'll be able to easily ascertain what the Christian position is on the different policy issues that are under discussion. So there's also the Family Voice Australia website uh, that you can go to too because they've got their own Christian values checklist, not only for the Queensland election that we're talking about today, but also for the ACT election that's happening this coming Saturday. Uh, those values checklists are incredibly valuable. They're not a they're not a substitute for being personally involved in the research about these things, but it gives you a wonderful at-a-glance way of thinking about the election, Wendy. Absolutely. And organisations such as ours um, and Warwick's and, and Family Voice, what we, we spend time going through, actually disseminating what the parties are, are really saying. You know, when, when you look at the Australian Values Checklist, uh, one of the things, because I was talking to Warwick about this just yesterday because we were, we were making sure that we weren't coming um, in any way contrary to each other because we, we work closely together. But so he's got... Protect children from abuse, oppose gender fluid fluid theory in our schools. The LNP get a green tick for that. But the very next box, it's um, oppose the erosion of parental rights, oppose the sexualization of children in schools, and they get a, a, a sort of a red question mark for that. So, you know, it's not that we disagree. We totally agree with they oppose gender fluidity theory in schools. Uh, but then when... Anything further, Warwick is looking a little bit deeper and saying, okay, but what is there about sexualization of children in schools? So that's that's why it can be a little bit confusing, but please be assured that we are all on the same page on this um, very strongly. And all of those organisations undergirded by the same biblical values. That's the important thing. So when you see what they've produced in regards to Christian values checklists, uh, you can look at those. You'll be able to see there's no difference in the values that are being promoted. But yes, on some of those finer points, you might like to check those out and check out all of the different issues and policy items that are being looked at there from a Christian perspective. And so you'll find it very, very enlightening. Uh, Wendy Francis, uh, time has uh, defeated us. We've got to uh, we've got to move on. We could uh, talk for a lot longer, you and I. Could. We could. We could cancel everything and keep yeah, going. We, we better could. not do that. Hey, uh, 
qldvotes.org.au. That's the website where you can find that detail and uh, you can take your time to look over that. Do some research. Uh, You can find uh, uh, those other ones, as I say, Google them, uh, Family Voice Australia and also Australian Christian Values Checklist. But Wendy Francis, always such great insight. We will have another little opportunity to talk to you on the day before the election when we'll have a panel discussion around all things political when it comes to the Queensland state election. But thank you so much for your insights today on Um, 2020. I look forward to it, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.